um, living my life the way I want to live my life. I think that if you get to do that as a human, you've hit the lottery. Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. You can hear me now? That's a serious set of headphones you got there. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, I edit video, so I got, I got a real nice set of headphones. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. I was saying something. Audio quality is good and everything. Yeah, cool, man. It's all good. All so. right. How are you keeping? Ah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. A little bored right now. I'm looking to get a job out in Colorado at a ski resort or something like that. So, yeah. Okay. So what what would that be doing? Uh just um like I think the job I was looking at was a lift operator. So okay. just running people at the lift and stuff like that. And, you know, you get a free ski pass and housing and get paid a decent amount. So, I mean, it's a good fun time in the mountains pretty much is what I get from it. That's cool, man. Yeah. 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 You just, you just sampling stuff then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. So. Are you still with your buddy from Europe? Uh, he's in Bloomington currently right now. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, you coming back together at any point to meet up and, uh, um, well, we kind of took, we're taking the winter off right now to do like jobs and stuff like that. So I think he has a job. I live in Indianapolis and Bloomington's a small town about an hour and a half away from here in Indiana also. And I think he's going to work there and do a couple jobs at like a grocery store and stuff like that during the winter. So that's his plan. And then probably in April, beginning of April, we'll meet back up together again and go travel and do some stuff out in, um, you know, North, Northwestern America and a little bit of Canada and stuff like that. So cool, that's the plan so far. Yeah. I like the, I like the being in the mountains thing. I love the mountains. Oh, you do? Oh yeah. We're surrounded by you. Not quite as glamorous as the ones you probably got over there. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I always, I just like them because in Indiana, it's it's just flat. I mean, it's just cornfields. Like, yeah. So oh, okay. It's just a bunch of glaciated plains, pretty much. We don't have a lot of hills or anything like that. So, I love getting out to a place that has mountains or even hills or just any different type of terrain, like the desert or something. Yeah. So is is Indianapolis home? It is home. I grew up here, eighteen years here, and uh, you know I love it. Everybody, you know, it's not the most glamorous place in the United States, but I mean, everybody always gives it a lot of crap. And I'm like, Hey, you just got to take it for what it's worth. I mean, Indiana didn't choose to be Indiana and LA didn't choose to be LA. So you just got to take it at its worth and enjoy it at that level. Absolutely. So is, is, is Indiana and Indianapolis the same thing? Uh, Indiana, Indiana is a state. Indianapolis is the capital. Ah, okay, okay. Because I was so as a kid, I was um, obsessed with a program called um, Erie, Indiana. I don't know if you remember that one. You might be a bit young for that one. <laughs> I, I I can't remember it, but yeah, was it like a computer game? No, no, it was a program on Channel Four. It was like real cutting edge for this time because it was um, 
about a guy <laughs> about a guy that was uh, the devil who'd had a kid. But he's like he's the mm-hmm. sheriff of this town, and uh, his his kid has got powers, you know, and okay. uh, he's got to try and keep his kids trying to keep his powers in check. But he's still trying to understand his powers and who his dad is. And okay, it, nice. it was at the time it was like groundbreaking, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, and it was based out of Indiana. Yeah, yeah, Erie, Indiana. Yeah, check it out, man. It's cool. <laughs> is there an Erie, Indiana? Erie, Indiana. I don't know if there's actually an Erie, Indiana, but uh, oh, there is. There is wow. actually a place. There's actually an Erie, Indiana, and then <laughs> there's. It's weird. There's a ton of shows that have been based out of Indiana, like um, Stranger Things on Netflix. On the way, my my daughter loves that program. Yeah, it's based out of – it's a fictional town in Indiana, but it's based in Indiana. And then uh, I'm sure you've heard of, like, Parks and Recreation. Yep. That's yeah. based in Pawnee, Indiana, which is fictional. But, I mean, they really did a good job of integrating Indiana and putting in little Indiana, you know, Easter eggs and stuff like that. So it's just – it's strange. There's been a decent amount of shows within the past 15 years that have had ties to Indiana, which is kind of funny. But, I mean – that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's cool, man. Especially with the uh, well, can you can you explain for everyone a little bit of um, you know, what you do and uh, what you're into? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so um, I just graduated high school in May, and I'm currently taking a gap year, which is not very common for American students. I think we should clarify that that not a lot of American students actually do that, and so I'm just currently traveling around exploring the united states a little bit of canada stuff like that doing some jobs that i'm interested in you know exploring what i might want to do with my career and stuff like that and uh, i'm huge into photography and video so when i'm traveling i do a ton of that and uh just just enjoying life while i can and taking as much you know out of this free time that I'll probably never have again once I graduate college and stuff like that to just go travel around and experience fun new things. So it sounds like you, you're you pretty aware. So where, where does this awareness come from for, for someone so young? That's a good question. I, I haven't figured that one out yet. I just think it, it just comes with, you know, putting yourself out there and doing new things and, um, you know, just thinking really thinking about what you want to do and not you know what society tells you to do i think a huge thing in america right now at least is just you know you see all this you know stuff going around you and you're like oh i like that so i'm gonna stick with exactly that and you never get out of that circle Mm -hmm. and you never you know fully you never choose to do what you want to do a great example of this is like not to get political, but people on the left and right, they immediately go to one side without thinking about, you know, their own personal opinions and stuff like that. And I think that's a huge part of what's, you know, what's wrong with America and this bad stuff that's going on right now is people aren't looking in on themselves and going, oh, hey, you know, what do I like to do and what do I want to do and stuff like that? It's just, you know, what does society want me to do? No, you've nailed you nailed it there, but because uh, yeah, it's you you've seen a good example of the, the politics and left and right. Another good example is myself, because after I went through school, 
I went straight into an apprenticeship uh, and then basically straight into manufacturing in the factory. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. It's just like nobody, everyone, everyone asks you what you want to do, but nobody asks you what you want. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, in high school, I know three of my friends, you know, they started college a semester ago and they've already dropped out. Like they, they didn't like it at all. They didn't like what they were doing. They've, they've already dropped out and now they're home and they're trying to figure out, you know, what do I actually want to do? They've gotten to the level of, okay, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? They, they were stuck in the, you know, what are you, where are you going to go? What are you going to do for college? Like, what are you going to study and all that stuff? They got stuck in that rut and they never answered those questions for themselves. They just answered those questions for other people. Yeah. So it's really, really interesting to see that happen with just such a high capacity. And I, I know people who are still in college that don't want to be there right now. And I think that's very interesting. I don't think that that's something that should happen. No. You've got, you got a wise head there. But, um, so when, you, when you're thinking of um, a question of uh, are, you, are you a natural conformer? Were you a conformer in school in, in general? Or were you a bit of a renegade? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I would say that um, you know, I wasn't like a weird kid, but I definitely didn't want to go and sit down and study for four hours to, you know, for a test or something like that. Like I was definitely on a different path academically than most people were especially for uh the area i lived in i mean the school district i was in was the best school district in indiana i mean everybody was getting straight a's and getting into really good colleges and stuff like that and i was just like i looked at that and i was like "Ah, you know what i know everybody here wants me to do that but i'm just i I don't feel i don't like i don't want to do that so i just kind of you know I didn't necessarily apply myself, you know, academically in the probably past eight years of my middle and high school career. And so I, I slightly regret that a little bit, but on the other hand, it allowed me to explore, you know, like more creative stuff like photography and then, you know, exploring the outdoors and stuff like that, that I might not have been able to get into if I just got home after school every day and buried my head into the textbook for the next you know four hours you would have been on the pre, you would have been on the pre the pre-wheel if you would have been doing that and yeah. it's every chance because yeah. I was I was the same it was um I was into arts design create all creative stuff uh and and history because I wanted I loved history and then my teacher said well what are you going to do you're going to be a what was it something to do with a chef and a history chef or something. He said, you're not going to make money from that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, I would have done it differently. But, you know, like, yeah. when you've got people give, putting those limitations on you, what you can and can't do, especially at that young age where you're so young and, you know, easily malleable, it's, it's wrong, you know? Yeah, I remember just a couple of years ago, one of my math teachers, I was – sitting in the class and I, I had planned to drop the class to go um, enroll in like the more artsy creative class and this was a very high up math class and 
I wasn't doing my work because I knew I was going to drop the class. And the teacher comes around in front of all my students and stuff like that, or all my peers. And she says, why aren't you working? And I was like, I plan on dropping the class. I'm going to go take another class that, you know, better suits what I want to do. And I was wearing a college shirt. And um, she looks at the shirt and she says, you're not going to get into that college if you don't take this class. I was like, Wow. And she said that in front of all, all my, all my peers and stuff like that, just straight out. And I was like, I, I was shocked. I was like, how can you say that to a 16 year old kid? Like, I don't understand how you say that. I just, because, you know, everybody else is doing that path doesn't mean that it's the right path for me. So it's just really, really amazing that I, a teacher said that not to disrespect teachers at all but I mean I think it's just like everybody it shows that everybody is stuck into this path that everybody in society should take and everybody's kind of bought into it or is stuck in it and mentally we just we're just everyone's just there now whether you know they think they are or they they don't know everything just feeds into that yeah it's almost like it's on uh, on automatic yeah yeah how did you how did you process that when, when she sort of dropped that bombshell on you because that's a uh, that's a big one yeah i mean obviously in the beginning i was, I was a little mad a little ticked off you know but now looking back on it it's just like thank God I didn't, you know, change my mind and say, you know what, I'm just going to go with the flow and stay this way because in the end, I think it worked out better for me. And, you know, I don't blame the teacher at all for saying what she did, but it's just amazing that we've gotten to that point mm. where, you know, that's acceptable to say. Yeah, man, but I, I, I imagine the aspect that she, like you just said, she never has said it. Where would you have been now? And yeah. That's- probably even more scary for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, every single second, there's a million different ways life can go. And I mean, it's just weird to think about, you know, being in a different place or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. they got a massive responsibility, uh, teachers, and uh, obviously they're shaping the future generations. So mm-hmm. I was shaped by the old school where it was very, you know, but probably more so than my children are going through now and you went through. But the, I look back on some of the things they used to say and do and I think, oh my God. Especially with knowing what I know about how words can affect young minds, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. So I mean, for sure. I'm still digging up stuff and putting it to bed from when I was like 10, 12 years old. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that, I mean, teachers are great. They do amazing things, but... I think that we all need to encourage different paths than just, you know, high school. Well, Europe, it's a little bit different. I mean, a lot of kids over there, it's not uncommon for kids to take gap years or go straight out of high school and do, you know, pretty well-paying jobs and stuff like that. But at least in America, it's very graduate high school, go to college, get a job marry, have kids, live the American dream, 
and die, like <laughs> or retire and then die. And, and, and that's pretty much it. And I think that if, you know, teachers and parents and stuff like that were to encourage, you know, different paths, like, you know, you can go to a trade school and make good money as a plumber. I mean, you would be better at that than maybe going to college or like, maybe you should just go straight into the workforce and become a hairstylist. Maybe that better suits you, but it's just like every single person and teacher just ask you, you know, what are your college plans? We have counselors at the high school. And I remember sitting down with the counselor my junior year and he asked me, what are your college plans? It wasn't your post high school plans. It was, what are your college plans? Cause that's just the expectation pretty much. Hmm. So um, what age would they be then? Uh, 16 or 17, somewhere around there. Okay. So if you was to think back further still, it, can you can you put anything together that lets you that sort of guided you to the that you would be going this way, or was it towards the last few years? Um, you know what? To be totally honest, I was just absolutely lost in high school. I had no idea whatsoever. I think, you know, deciding to take a gap year was the best decision I've ever made in my life. It was a totally blind decision. Didn't know what was going to come of it, but I mean, it has honestly been the best decision. So, you know, just throughout my high school career, it was just frustration and not being able to, you know, conform to what, you know, everybody wanted you to conform to. And then kind of trying to fake your way through that. And, you know, trying to sound like you were interested in that but wanting to do other things and so I finally got to the point um my senior year I was trying to decide where to go to college and I was just like you know what I just really want to travel and see the world and I'm not ready to make a decision on what I want to do with the rest of my life right now so I'm just going to take a year off and see see where it takes me so that was pretty much you know the mentality behind it and stuff like that so you mentioned you touched on frustration there and conforming. Is there any other emotions that, are, that was popping up when you mentioned the word lost? Uh, I would definitely say, you know, a lot of confusion, frustration. Um, inward, too. You'd expect a lot of it to be outward, but, you know, it's a lot more inward than you think it is. And you're like, gosh, I'm bad at myself because, you know, I'm not as good as these other people in this math class or something like that. Or gosh, I'm confused at myself because I don't know what I want to do in college and stuff like that. So it's very strange that even though it's really not your fault for being born that way, but you end up getting frustrated at yourself for it instead of, you know, accepting who you are and going to do what you want to do. Okay. That's cool, man. So, okay. So that's, huge self-awareness uh, right there where, did, where does that come from being frustrated for eight years <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean obviously bear in mind your, your beliefs and everything have formed pretty much since you're six up until the age of six that's when all your beliefs and what everyone says around you your family your environment your schooling what you think is possible in life is all formed in those years so then you've you've gone through a, another eight years after that of the frustration. 
and I'm, I'm just wondering, were your, your parents particularly open with this thinking? Are they, are they do you know I mean, do they encourage you to reflect early on? Was it, it's, it's come from somewhere, and I can understand how it can come from frustration, but part of the audience that's listening, they get this frustration. Yeah. They would, they would never, ever think to go inward. They would always yeah. say what you said, they'd always go outward. Uh-huh. You know? Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? About like how my parents think about it, or uh, the inward like frustration. How you how you came to look inward as opposed to looking outward? Because I'm guessing you were instead of being frustrated at the things that was going mm-hmm. on around you and pointing fingers at things and issues, you've taken control. I think that's a personality trait over okay. anything else. It's just you know there are some people who would. You know, when you're frustrated and confused, you tend to project anger towards something. I think that's a natural human trait. I think some people with their personality project that out. You see that with bullies and stuff like that. And then some people like me who are more introverted and stuff like that, they project it inward on themselves. So I don't know if that's necessarily something that you can change in your mind. I think it's more just like a personality thing. And it has, you know it has positives and negatives to both sides of it. Like if you were outwardly angry, then, you know, more people could come and help you. And they, they, they'd notice that and they'd see those signs and go, Oh, there's, there's something wrong there. I think we need to, you know, sit down and see what's going on. Whereas it's, it's inward. You don't really have that, but you have a lot of time to, you know, think with your conscience and yourself mentally about it and come up with, ideals in your head versus what other people you know think about it and stuff like that so it's there's positives and negatives to both of it i think but i think for me it was just a personality trait i just i would never go like to a therapist or something like that that's that's very bad to say but that's just you know somebody would have to drag me there in order for me to go do it i'm more of a person to just like go on a hike for three hours and just process it in my head. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Cause I, I, I was not one to self reflect and I say I'm 43 now and I've been to about four, three, four years ago. All my shit, all my moves uh, in my life have come about from writing, writing it down and, and shifting, going from that victim mindset, which is why, which I, I resonate with pointing things outwards. to your victim of circumstance. So then taking it on and saying, okay, so this is happening. So what part of this can I own? And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's empowering. And, and I think everybody needs to take time to sit down and reflect on stuff. A lot of people don't do that. But when you sit down and you reflect on stuff, your brain starts to naturally go through those steps and that naturally sit down and go, okay, what's wrong? How do I fix it? Even when you're not consciously thinking about how to do that, if you just sit down and reflect and think about the situation or whatever's going on, your brain is like naturally going to do that in a way, if you know what I mean. Like it's it's it's, it's just going to process those thoughts a lot better if you just sit down and reflect and think about what's going on. You're 100 completely agree with you. It's uh, but I've noticed actually my children with a lot of their work now they're having to do reflections. It's like they're bringing it in. 
to mainstream schooling this this reflection you know what did you do what did you do wrong how would you improve it and all, and all these different things which which certainly wasn't wrong when i was younger yeah so, yeah so it's cool man okay um so um if you were to think back to a time in school a time of great change what sort of story will come to mind for you Um, it could be emotional. It could be, it could be anything physical, emotional, mental. Finally figuring out something that I enjoyed doing in a school environment. That was huge for me, I think, because in any academic education, everyone's going to like something. But, you know, nowadays we're very focused on STEM, so you don't get a lot of those creative arts and stuff like that. Is that the engineering thing, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody's really big on STEM and that sort of thing. But, I mean, you can get educated in anything. And so my school was huge on STEM. And then I found those photography and journalism and, you know, student publications classes and stuff like that and I just I found my niche and I was like this is what I really like to do I love this it's great and I think that was a big big turning point right there is when I when I found those classes and I figured out you know this is what I want to do this is what I like so what, what was the driver was the driver to change what you were currently doing it was just a desire for something different. Yeah. I mean, were, it was just like, oh, hey, you know, I I like to take photos. Maybe I should take a photography class. Take a photography class and it just kind of spirals from there. I'm a big believer in, you know, sometimes things just happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 100% agree with you. The world just pushes you in a direction and it happens. So I think that that's definitely what just happened there is, you know. It's, it's, you it sounds like you've, um, you, you had, so you've had the thought and basically you've acted pretty much quite quickly, yeah. I'm guessing. Which, yeah. What the, the, the trap there can be where we slip into running it. Oh, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? It, it doesn't look like that was a choice for you. You'd remove that. I think when you're so, so stuck and just like, like before when you're talking about that frustration and confusion and you're stuck in that mentality and you see a potential exit out of that, you just take it. Like it doesn't matter what it is. You're just going to go after it and you're going to take it. Um, just because there's just some small voice in your head that says this is going to be better than wherever you are right now. It's no, it's crazy. Right. When I'm laughing is, uh, about four months ago, three months ago, I went for a job in work, and it was exact what you just described. It, it, it wasn't initially. It's not a better offer. I, I moved my job. I changed my jobs. I've gone from being shop floor factory worker to a professional band, so salary, and it's mm-hmm. generally unheard of. Not not a, not a lot of people do this, and everyone yeah. nuts. Right, my, my friends think I'm bonkers. 
but it, it, it that's that's the point it was at. It was like they they a lot of them don't get it. They're respectful of it, but they don't get that I was at the point where no, I need to do that. And and since I'm in that position, I'm coming home. Like you, you touched on it when you were saying about when you switch those topics to the more creative aspects. Yeah, it's this, it's that sense of fulfillment inside, which is difficult to describe to someone else. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's very hard to say. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, coming on and coming on a different person compared to what I used to when I was doing my what I look at as the grind for me now. You know, it's uh, I'm coming home lighter. I'm coming home happier. More content, my, my, my family probably seeing a different aspect of me than they have for the last twenty three years. I've been there, you know, which is just crazy. This job is always there, and I've tried for the previous, but to finally think, no, I'm going for it, was a massive shift for me. Massive shift. And you're, and, and, and how old are you? I'm eighteen. Dude, you're gonna kill it. <laughs> <laughs> you got such a jump on the game, dude. It's awesome. That's what I'm going for. That's what I hope. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I mean, just it's not like it gradually. I mean, it did gradually come to this point, but I mean, just deciding to take a break from the rat race or what the grind, whatever you want to call it, and just going to do what you personally want to do, it opens your mind on a whole different level. And then you go back and you look at, you know, your friends and other people who are struggling to figure out, you know, life and what they want to do. And you're just like, you have this overwhelming feeling that you want to help, which is really weird because I'm, I'm a pretty introverted person and I really don't, you know, get out and talk to people and stuff like that. There's just, I have this overwhelming feeling to want to help, you know, with those people and be like, Hey, you know, there's a whole different spectrum of things than you can that you can do than just this rat race that everyone's on. Like there, there's a great big world out there. Absolutely. So, what what do you think that looks like then? Like helping people? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I would say that right now. It's 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 very intimate. It's just sitting down with certain people and you know having discussion and discourse with them about certain things and you know their life and what it's about and stuff like that. Because when you sit down and talk to somebody, even though you're you're having a discussion, you're also having a discussion with yourself. Yes, and that discussion with yourself will help you realize a lot more than that discussion with other person, which is, which is crazy to think about, but it's true. And so I think that just right now it's just doing that and intimately sitting down with people and talking with people at some point, maybe in the future, I'd love to, you know, get up on a stage and talk to 500 people about it. But I don't think that my thoughts are that gathered right now. And I don't think that um, I'm at a high enough, you know, 
I have a high enough audience to be able to, you know, go out and do that somewhere or something like that. So I'd love to get to that point where I can, you know, change a thousand people's opinions or, you know, thoughts at once. But, you know, I don't think I'm at that point right now. I think it's just like sitting down with people and figuring out the different types of people and how different people work and stuff like that. That's cool. That's cool. So do you get many people approach you or is it just a case of parents putting, you know, people in, in, in your path? You know what? I, it's, it's very interesting how people approach you about it. It's, it's never someone just coming up to you and being like, Hey, what you're doing is really cool. You want to sit down and talk about it. It's always an extremely like indirect way. Um, I'll give you an example you know, we were, tr- John and I, who I was traveling with, we were traveling out West and I was putting, you know, all these really cool pictures in my Snapchat story and Instagram and stuff like that of just really cool natural places and stuff. And people would, you know, direct message me and message me and go, oh, I'm so jealous of what you're doing right now. Like, I can't believe you actually got to do this and stuff like that. And on the surface that just looks like they're jealous of you, but in all reality, like they want to do that too. So you have to, you have to start a conversation and go like, well, you know, it's not that hard. Like I, I'm sure that you wanted to do this at some point. And then once you get under that, you know, you find a crack in that, you know, hard outer, outer layer of them, just that, that jealousy layer and actually figure out, you know, what's going on under that. You have a really, really great conversation. And a lot of good stuff comes from it. And you figure out that a lot more people would like to do something like a gap year or something like that. They just, they just don't have the courage or they, you know, oh, I hear I don't have the money to do it. Or I, you know, my parents wouldn't support me or, you know, I get so behind in college or something like that. And all the, those, I've heard those excuses 20 times and, all of them are the most BS excuses of all time. You know, I, you can, I, I live on top of my car. I have a rooftop tent. I eat ramen every single night. Like I, I'm not staying in the Hyatt. Like you can do this on a budget. And then I'm, it's like with your parents and stuff like that. I mean, they will support you. Your parents want the best for you in every single situation. And if you give them a plan and you say, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I want to achieve and stuff like that, they're going to support you because then they know that you want to do that and that's the right path for you. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just having the confidence to be able to, you know, recognize that you want to do it and then actually going out and doing it. And acting on it, like you say, yeah, acting yeah. it. It's, uh, it's probably one of the biggest things that hold us, holds us back. I wonder what sort of stories those those people are running. Like you, you mentioned, excuses, which is, which is their version of their story. That's that's the obstacle. Yeah, but it's like, you know, do you, do you, do you, do you get a sense of um, of, of uh, I don't know if if you're helping people in that manner, do you ever get a point where they they hit a realization that it is possible? Are you doing face to face or are you doing like like you said about DMing and texting, which you're not really going to see it. Um, I get what you, I, I definitely noticed there's a point where people just go, oh, wait, 
this is actually possible. I, I mean, an excuse is just a lazy way of not doing something. So once they figure that out and they're like, oh, wait, I can actually do this, then it's a whole different conversation even because yeah. you stop talking about can't and start talking about can't. That's right. Yeah. That's, uh, I like that. That's excuses and a lazy reason not to do something. I like it. I'm a user. <laughs> I'm going to quote you. <laughs> I'll um, find like a brainy quote, you know. Okay. So, um, so you're obviously very self-aware and you've been through, you're still obviously very young and your experience of life so far is, is not very big. However, how do you generally view and deal with obstacles in life? Dang. Can you really ask an 18 year old? Can anyone answer that question? I think it's, it's I think it's a, it's a fluid thing. Like you never, it's never something that you can fully figure out. You can gain tools to help you do it better but you never crack a full code going, this is the easiest way to, you know, get past obstacles. I think they're just tools to make it better and more helpful and easier for you. So I think that, you know, being confident is a huge thing. If you have the confidence to do something and get around an obstacle, it's going to make it a lot easier. Um, Hard work is another thing. I mean, you can't just, I'll use me as an example. You can't just go out and start traveling. You got to make money. I mean, that's, a, that's the cold hard truth of it. So you got you to gotta put in that hard work. And then once you put in that hard work, and you have the confidence to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Then you can go out and do it. And you don't have really anything standing in your way past that. So I think those are, those are two really helpful tools i would say absolutely i like the way you put that and i've never had anybody say that I've, most people tell me obviously because you're probably the youngest person i've ever had on <laughs> uh but most people have obviously been through stuff with life and, and and they understand how they tend to process information like myself i understand i used to be in a victim mindset and i used to be very directed at other people with the cause of my problems rather than where I'm not now, which is I own my problems. You know, it's, 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 I'm completely empowered as much as I can be because, like you said, it's a tool. It requires awareness and it, mm -hmm. and it requires constantly coming back to, you know, like you mentioned earlier on, you know, what part of this can I control? What can I do? You know? Um, so I love the way you put that. Tools is a brilliant way. Um, and yeah, see, you said you couldn't answer, and you did. <laughs> and quite succinctly, too. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just life. You find answers in different things. And again, we're having a conversation. I'm answering some of my questions, and I'm figuring out stuff in my head, you know, a lot more than, you know, our actual dialogue here. I'm, I'm figuring out, you know, a lot more about myself than okay. about anything else, which is, which is really cool and really interesting. I've, I've figured that out a lot over the past, I'd say six months. Yeah. I, I, I find when I 
coach people, I learn. I learn. Yeah. So, you know, I'm helping them, but I'm learning. Yeah. And that's a that's a win-win for both parties. Then, so that's happy days. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think um, a lot of people when they put these restrictions on themselves, irrespective of confidence or self-esteem or self-worth, that this desire, like they say, and they're jealous. Do you think that's because of the age we're in, whether it's, you know, it's, it's social media, everyone, everyone can post pictures. Uh, and it, it's very, I noticed my son, he, he can't really stick at things. He tends to, he wants everything now. There's, there's no patience anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is why you just brought in with the graph bit. I don't think people appreciate the work that goes in. If, if, if I was your parent and I seen you grafting for a summer or winter, put money away for summer traveling I'd be 110 percent behind you because you put in the effort in but don't yeah. tell me you want to go traveling and then go partying all winter exactly <laughs> so, yeah. so this is another and I don't know obviously what what part of your social media you're sharing with your things but I mean tr- tr- mm-hmm. for, for what resonates with me right now and obviously I'm not your age frame <laughs> is is pure transparency and honesty because once people understand the graft and effort you put in they will truly mm-hmm. comprehend what you're doing yeah yeah um i'll get up on i'll get up in my soapbox here for a second i'll preach to you know kids my age and i'll just say you know what if you want to take a gap year do what you want to do i know you get on social media and you see these you know lifestyle bloggers and you know whatever and you know they're traveling to bali and they're staying in these crazy resorts and stuff like that and that's cool but that's not real life that's that doing that staying at the hyatt swimming in a pool at a resort and flying to other countries to go visit the eiffel tower will not give you real world experience whereas if you work hard make money to go travel where you want to travel and then have to do it on a budget and you know work with your own money and you know figure out what you can afford and stuff like that and then go and do that you're either going to be staying in hostels with 20 other people and you know driving versus flying because it's a lot cheaper and then getting more immersed in local culture than you normally would i think when you're traveling money puts you in a bubble because money allows you to stay in an area that you're comfortable with but when you don't have that you're 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 on the ground level with everybody else in that culture pretty much you have to you have to immerse yourself because you don't have the money and access to those other things so i would say you know what don't go to bali like don't don't go to the caribbean that's that's not taking a gap year that's taking an extended vacation taking a gap year is figuring out what you want to do um doing what you want to do 
and enjoying free time. I would say that those are three big parts of it. And I think that people are mistaken of what a gap year is, especially in America, because it's such a foreign thing to us. But I think in the end, it can be an amazing thing to help someone figure out who they are and what they want to do. I like it. I like it. I'm glad you got on your soapbox. Yeah, that's my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, yeah, I think people tend to see this gap year and and the the year off. And when they think of traveling and seeing new cultures, which my wife and I would love to, I want to immerse myself in new cultures. I find them fascinating. Is, is But it's, it's not, it's not real because it's not, in A, you're not immersed and you still want the holiday aspect of the immersion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is probably where the flights and the nice hotels and the uh-huh. yeah, those special, yeah, for sure. those infinity pools or whatever, you know, all yeah. that comes in, you know? Whereas yeah. being on the beach with the locals, you know, cooking some lobster that you just caught or catching some fish and cooking it on a beach. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're there. And, and, and the best part of that is when you go back to your room, you're not on your own. Because like you said, you're probably in a hostel with another 20 people from another yeah. 10, 15 different countries. Exactly. They've all got different perspectives and different stories on life to share with you. you know? mm-hmm. just, think yeah. how, just think how exponential your growth will be if you did it uh-huh. that way. And a huge part of that is the amount of understanding and appreciation you get for different people. And in America, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm an American. I'm going to talk about America. I'm arrogant. That's what I do. <laughs> in America, that is a huge problem right now, is not understanding how diverse A, the world is, and B, America is. Because America is the biggest melting pot the world has ever seen. And now we have people staying on one side of everything and just pointing fingers. I can't tell you how many times that I've been put in situations where I've looked around and gone, wow, I would never thought that I would experience this in America, which is just incredible. I mean, I came from a suburb that's 90% white people. The average income of somebody is really high up there everybody's really well off here and then you go and you see you know places that aren't like that and you're surrounded by people who don't have that and then once you start talking to them and meeting with them and eating their food sleeping with them all that different stuff you know you you fully get an understanding to what their life is like even though you live in the same country they have a totally different life than you do. And then you understand where other people are coming from. That's right. That's, that's what's needed. I think that's, I think it's needed. I don't think, I think it's just needed in the U S in America. I think it's, I think it's global. Yeah. An appreciation for others. Cause yeah, you can, you can point fingers or pretend to know someone's perspective until you, well, until you walked in their shoes basically, mm-hmm. you know? So I like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, nicely done, Alex. I like that. Okay, um, going off track a bit. Can you tell me a story uh, about something that has amazed you? 
Do you want me to go, Pat, like, within the past, like, six months of, like, my current experience ever? Yeah, something that really sticks out and and you thought, oh, my God, that's amazing. Seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time. That sounds really cheesy. I'm a huge outdoors person. And I think that seeing that just opens your eyes to how amazing like the natural world is and you see that and you go wow i'm i'm just i'm just a human like this there's so much other stuff in the world besides me and when you walk up and you stand the rim of the grand canyon and you see all of it you're just like oh my gosh this is this is crazy. I, I you can't really put it into words, but I think that if there's anything that was just like an amazing shock in my life that altered, you know, my perspective and my passions and stuff like that, that would be a huge part of it. Okay. Okay, I don't think it did do it justice. Most most things on telly don't do it justice or pictures. No. Because you can't engage in the emotion of it then. Yeah. It's just, it's a whole, it's a whole different experience. So I would say that what you can take from that is just a new experience that changes your perspective on everything. That's one of the best feelings in the world. It's just a new experience that changes your perspective on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and you've got many more to come. That's the exciting bit. <laughs> um, that's on my list as well, by the way. Oh, have you got? Um, you're going to do the Appalachian Trail? Is that on your list? I've, I've hiked portions of it, so really? I've done like the full thing, but I've I've hiked portions of it. It's it's pretty fun. The one that I would rather do is called the Pacific Crest Trail, and it goes all the way up through California and Oregon and Washington along that mountain range, and that's just one. I another huge goal I have is uh, going to the high points of all fifty states. So the highest point in every single state. I think that being able to say that you've done that would be awesome. So that's that's one of my goals. That's, that's <laughs> you know, one cool, of man. one of my cheesy goals. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I yeah. never heard of the Pacific Trail. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple in the United States that are that are uh, like those long haul trails. Yeah. So I've heard heard of the Appalachian only because of um, that film with Reese Witherspoon. You've seen that one? I I don't think I've ever seen that. She's having a, I think it's called Wild, The Wild or something. She's having a meltdown and uh, she just, she's like a recovering addict and she just, she needs, she's in a toxic relationship. She needs to get away from everything. Uh No preparation, just takes off on it. It's based on a true story. Yeah, he takes yeah. off on his trail. Intent, intention is to walk the, the full distance. Mm-hmm. It's a brilliant film. Any? Yeah, I'm gonna step away here. I'm, I'll keep talking, but I got a look. My cat was in my room and she wanted out, so <laughs> I had to go let her out. <laughs> She's banging on the door and everything, but yeah, I just I'm a huge nature guy, so anything with nature, I, I love. Cool. I can talk about it for days. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm the same. I live. Uh, we, we live not far from something called the Brecon Beacons, which is um, it's sort of like the some of the highest points of uh, Wales. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite rugged, and it's where the the SAS train and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's you know you got to if you're going up there you got to be prepared like so. But, uh, yeah, it's plenty of mountains over here when you're ready to come over. Uh, <laughs> I need to go visit um. What is it? Ah, oh, there's an. Is it in Wales or Scotland? It's a national park over there. It's called Snowlandia, I think. Sidonia. Sidonia, yeah, Snowdonia. Snowdonia. Yeah. That looks like an awesome place. Yeah, I'd love we, to go. We and, last September we found a. There was a, a place up there that does camping, and it's the first time I've ever been to North Wales, even though I live in it. Uh-huh. It took us three and a half hours to get there from South Wales to, which is because it's like our country is like a big long, long thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is in the top left-hand corner of Wales. But when I went up there, the the drive up was phenomenal, absolutely beautiful. We didn't do Snowdonia, so that's on our hit list again. But there's there's plenty of places to stay around there, and if you do yeah. ever come over here. Look us up, man. We'll try and uh, meet up and hook you up for help you out. For sure. For sure. Uh, the one thing I'm jealous of is in the, like, I guess I can't say EU anymore. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> flights everywhere. So cheap. I mean, you can pick up a flight for 30 bucks and yeah. fly to a new country. Here, you just, you just can't do that. In America, you really, it's it's almost impossible. I mean, flights everywhere, 200 plus dollars. No way. And it just it just breaks your bank, yeah. It's that's why I chose to drive everywhere. Oh wow, okay. It's because flying is just way too expensive. It's interesting. But yeah. the thing you get with America is, I mean, you get every single type of environment here, which is you don't usually get that in a country. I mean, we have deserts, mountains, you know, swamps, and the Everglades in Florida. You know, you have like. The Caribbean, you have, you know, Northwood stuff over in New York and Maine and everything like that. And you have the Great Lakes and it's and you have the Arctic tundra in Alaska. So there's just so many different environments that you can go and visit in America itself, which makes it I think great for traveling. And I think it's, you know, in the in the grand scheme of world traveling, America's really underrated when you really look at it, everybody goes to New York and LA and skips over the whole country, which doesn't make sense to me. But when they go to like Europe, they're like, Oh, it was so cool. We saw, you know, five different cultures in you know a week. Yeah. Cause I mean, <laughs> you actually explored it, but when you went to America, you only went to LA. <laughs> so I think that, I think it's pretty underrated, but I'd love, I'd love to go and visit Europe and go to like, John's from Sweden, so I definitely need to go to Sweden and check out, you know, the Scandinavian countries and all that. They're interesting in up there. It's, uh, they, 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 I think they're the most forward-thinking of all the Europeans. Really? Especially with regard to schooling. I think they're schooling, yeah. certain, certain aspects of their schooling days now are down to, like, like they're looking at three and a half, four-hour days for the kids. That's crazy. Yeah, versus... Japan or China or one of them, which is up like nine, ten hours, and then they come home and do violin lessons. It's you know, and and they wonder why they got high rate of suicides. Like, 
you know? Yeah, it's crazy over there. And I mean, all my Asian friends here are really high academics too. Yeah. I mean, John is, you could just tell John's much more well-educated and well-read than I am coming from, you know, public school in America. Not to dish on anything, but I mean, it's true. And it seems like it, it was such much more of an easier process for him to go through that schooling process than in America, which is interesting. Yeah. No, it is interesting. You're right. You're right. I think we've actually got schools over there. It's, um, it's either Norway or Finland or Sweden, one of them. And they've got a specific school. When you finish, you go to like a, like a finishing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's yeah, yeah. from all around the world apply for this school it's just so their kids can go there get life experience and we're talking like even like highly educated people go in there to have the life experience and then go on from there mm-hmm. you know but not I, I only happen to see it as part of a thing on telly like but it's not something that's talked about or you see in the papers or yeah a crazy you, thing about Swedish school I learned is you get to pick the path that you want to go on when you enter high school. Nice. Which is interesting. So you get to choose, you know, do I want to go into the sciences or the arts or something like that? And you choose that path and then you graduate with more skills than you would per se in like America graduating high school where you just get like a generic degree. I mean, you could, some of the, you know, high school diplomas that they give out in Sweden, you can go right into the workforce and get a fantastic job. You don't even need to go to college. Yeah. No, I know it's nuts. It's, uh, we, we get to pick over here, but I mean, imagine being able to pick a stream of education that suits you and you're keen for, you, you know, you're mad for. Yeah. We can go all in instead of like myself, I had to do eight subjects. Uh, most of them I didn't want to do. Yeah, and then the two that I really wanted to do ended up doing really poorly, and because I had to put all my attention into the ones I was struggling with, <laughs> it, it confuses your mind, right? When you when you had to spread out your your brain capacity on eight different things and six you really don't want to be doing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's well, we see what happens now because my boy got his choices coming up soon, so. Yeah. Okay. One last question and then I'll leave you. Um, is looking into the future, what would be the craziest and most exciting thing for you to be experiencing? Um, living my life the way I want to live my life. I think that if you get to do that as a human, you've hit the lottery. If you do exactly what you want to do with your life, what more can you ask for? Like, that's amazing. And I don't think that enough people in the 21st century experience that. So I think that if I achieve that, then that's the most amazing thing that can happen to me. Because that's the dream, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Again, very succinctly put, because uh, you know, everyone's got these grand visions. Especially when you get older, you you tend to, you know, you I don't know, it's just different. 
But then to say it so simply as that is fab because there's a brilliant takeaway there, isn't it? You don't have to make it complicated. You know, when we, when I asked my friends who's uh, like 10 years younger than me, what do you want? He said, oh, I want to live the, my life the way I want to live it. And I, and I say to him, well, okay, so what does that mean? What does it look like? But uh, I'm going into the specifics of it, but he knows what he wants. He wants yeah. to live his life the way he wants to live it, you know? Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fab. And um, okay. So where can the, the audience find you and on what platforms? Uh, I'm on every platform pretty much Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube. Just look up Alex Paul Photo. You'll be able to find me. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus right now from, you know, posting and all that. I think that a lot of people get really caught up in that and do it too often sometimes. But when I do post, I promise that it's good and you'll want to see it. Cool, man. <laughs> That's my plug. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome stuff. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time today and coming on. No problem. I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too, man. It's, uh, you've given me some shifts in perspective too. So I've, I've gained as well. So thank you for that. Um, and I'm going to be following your journey and, and sharing, uh, and sharing. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck. Can we keep in touch? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So when you, when you, when you're ready to write your book or your memoirs or whatever you're going to do next, give my Ted talk or something like that. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's a, it's something that needs to be addressed. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Especially in America, especially in America. And you've got the passion for it. So that's, that's, you know, that's, that's 98% of it. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Okay. All righty. Thank you we'll very talk much. Later. Cheers, Alex. Yep. Bye. Bye bye. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. 